This episode of This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty is brought to you by Ron's Records. Down on Bleecker, we pay big cash for used records. Hey, welcome to This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty. This is episode number 25. In this episode, we talk to Chris Lopresti. Uh, WFAN and Sirius XM sports update anchor and a huge Seinfeld fan. If you like what you're hearing, please pass it on and uh, drop us a line on Twitter at this thirsty at this thirsty. Follow us at this thirsty. Um, you can email us at pretzelspod at protonmail.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going, man? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You you good? Kids in bed, all good? Kids are, yeah. My youngest is sleeping, and my wife is uh, getting my four-and-a-half-year-old to sleep right now. So I've got a quiet downstairs, and I've got the the Thursday night game about to start here. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, we figured it was right at the, right the start well, of the game. Well, let's bet a little football and a little Seinfeld, right, for, for half Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So we got, I couldn't, we got couldn't draw it up as our guest here on this podcast is making me thirsty. Um, you guys know CeeLo from WFAN. He's been the New York Jets beat reporter. Actually, Chris, you still doing the Jets stuff? I haven't done it the last couple of years, but um, it's funny. I, I grew up a Giant fan, but I actually – still follow the Jets closer probably than I do the Giants just from having been around them for five years or so. But uh, no, I actually haven't done the day-to-day stuff on them for the last couple of seasons um, for reasons we don't have to get into. But uh, I do was miss it? it. It was it was fun. Did it have to do with Idzik? What do you got? Oh, no, no. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing on the Jet side, on the, uh, on the uh, employer side. But it's all good. These things all happen. All right. Well, so. You got you got two big fans. We love you on the when you're on the morning show, et cetera. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let, let's get into it. So you're obviously a big Seinfeld fan. Um, just curious. What, I mean, listen, you're a young guy, right? You were probably three years old when Seinfeld started. So tell us um, a little bit about how you got into it. Like, what was that first aha moment um, in some of your favorite episodes, maybe? That's actually – you, I think, nailed that on the head. I think I was – three going on four when it first when it first started yeah so certainly I wasn't uh, I wasn't privy to it in the in the young days but um, my introduction to it was my dad I mean, both of my parents but especially my dad uh, was a religious viewer loved it every single week so it's probably later in the show um, really probably the last couple of seasons where you know I would sit down and watch with them um, every week when it came on and a lot of this stuff at the time was over my head because I was kind of just entering the adolescent adolescent years, you know, and, and kind of getting into that that stage where you understood some of it a little bit better. But um, I think I probably was drawn to it just because of the reaction that it got from my parents and my dad, especially, you know, he'd come home from work and he'd, he'd look forward to watching it and it would just make him laugh so hard that I think just naturally I was drawn to it. And I was like, wow, he's really into this. Let me check it out. And I think just over the years, as I got older, and obviously the reruns were on so much, and then you know the, I, I have the complete series on DVD, and now in the, the the streaming age, 
it's just that thing that I turn to a lot of nights, you know, and I'm like, Hey, I need something light to just end the night and kind of before I drift off to sleep, you know, keep it light, have a good laugh. And I obviously I know all the lines. I know what's coming. I've seen every single episode, some of them many times over, but it's still, it still gets me every single time and it, and it, and it makes me laugh so hard. And the stories, even though I know them are just so, ridiculous that they they still just it's it's so entertaining so i can never um it's a show i will never ever tire or get sick of we're us too man it's fun it's, it's interesting you brought up your dad getting you into it because i got my daughters are six and eight and just before we came on the show my eight-year-old asked can we watch a seinfeld episode so i already got them on <laughs> that's awesome yeah i was telling chris before uh you came on i had to i have to fast forward some parts of some episodes i'm like oh this happens <laughs> sure. in this one i'm like fast forward it Sure. But they've been asking me, I've been telling them when they asked for bedtime stories, they were toddlers. I was telling them Seinfeld, like, you know, plots. <laughs> so now they're like, yo, can we watch an episode? And so I started getting them uh, slowly into it. So that you can never perfect. start. Yeah. You can never start too young. And you know, what's great. I understand when they're that young, you certainly have to fast, fast forward through some parts because they'll be asking questions. But right. that was one of the things that I loved and still love because of the restrictions of being on network TV and how they mm. were able to dance around things and not actually say the words or go into the detail, but still you came away from it fully understanding what they were getting at. And I feel like they were probably the first show to really do that as and be as successful as they were. And it was just, just one of those things that, I mean, obviously in this day and age, you, you see it probably in a lot of different instances, maybe not as much now because network TV is kind of, dying out a little bit because you have all these other platforms but um being able to get their point across without crossing the line was something they were so good at and uh, i always had a great appreciation for that that's great writing i mean you can't uh you can't beat that from the contest to you know this that the other thing i mean everything they did they had they, they were talking about like topics that you couldn't talk about on network television but look to your exactly point, where they wrote it it was like they just got away with it and uh perfect it's crazy to think about. And that's the thing though. Kids will ask questions because it kind of goes over the head, but they're not sure what's going on. So yeah, uh, it's still, uh, it's unbelievable how well they wrote. Oh, the, the, I mean, obviously what Larry David has done in the year since the show ended um, speaks to his brilliance and his disturbed mind as well. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen Jerry do some stand up. I, I, I saw him, uh, I saw him live down in Atlantic City one time and um, obviously brilliant in his own way. So it's been kind of fun to to see them after the show and, and, and what they've gone on to do. You know, Michael Richards, maybe not so much, but, um, you know, the other. And that's an, another aspect, the secondary characters or even the the one, you know, the one arc, the one episode arc character. Who do you got? Who are your favorites from well, it's uh, not, well, secondaries? I would Anyone? say... The one that jumps out to me the most, uh, I was, I love Peterman. Peterman's one of my, one oh. of my favorites. Okay. I mean, in, in so many different ways <laughs> and, and I can't even, I mean, just, I'm laughing, just thinking about him, the mannerisms and some of the, some of the stories he was involved in. Like the other, I just recently watched the one, I just watched the, the code with, uh, you know, with the, <laughs> with, with, with George. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, see you see you oh, hold on. We gotta, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned disturbed minds, and obviously you have a, you have a couple here because we went back to a 2014 tweet of yours. Uh, <laughs> That's which, how we, which, that was 
That was impressive that you guys I, dug that. I didn't even realize O'Hara did that. I didn't even realize it. I was like, oh, nice. We got CeeLo. And, and then all of a sudden, I saw someone say, like, you know, you went back to 2014 for that. Season. One of those. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love our research. So you caught our attention with one of my favorite episodes of all time, The Note. Yeah, it's one so, of my favorite episodes. It's in our top five. But, I believe it's number but seven. Then you, but then you went on and said you love, I, I think that's cool, love season nine. So we're so finding out why now, though. Sorry to cut you off, but we're finding out why now. Because that's when he got into it. It's like that whole thing when you start. He started. It sounds like around um, season eight or nine. Is that why? Because you know what? I I don't even know if it's that simple. I think it's just. I mean, it, listen. I'm not trying to say it's my favorite season of all time. There's just a couple <laughs> no, of episodes. Like I just, you know, I just recently watched The Frogger. I mean, that's one of my that's one of my favorites as well. Um, so I don't know. It just. I, I guess it's just a couple of the, own. couple of the plot lines and the storylines that have resonated with me i mean god there's episodes from every season that, that that i love and that are classic and it would be so hard for like i've never sat down and tried to rank them i know people are big into doing that and i'm assuming you guys probably have at some point yeah and yeah. i that's like when people ask me like oh what's your top five comedy movies of all time i can't i can't i can't answer that i just can't there's too many there's too many i'm such a a movie and a comedy movie to try and whittle it down would be so hard and i feel like it would be the same with with the with Seinfeld because there are very few that if they're on I'm like ah this wasn't so great I'm gonna try like I'll 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 leave, even if the overall episode isn't great I'll immediately know oh there's a scene or a line in this episode that I love so let me leave it on because I want to get to that part you know sure. so it's just it's it's really hard to I, I think that's to a knock good the show I think it's a good point, a good point I think it's, yeah. well that's the beauty of the show is that's fair you know there's there's so many diverse seasons and some and people come at it from so many different angles and whether it's the love from their father, where they were in their life, it, it, you never know. But yeah, yeah. The, the line piece is interesting, right? There's some episodes where lines, you, you think of the episode based on a line and oh, some of the other stuff time. before. For instance, yeah. like the yada yada episode, the yada yada stuff drives me crazy, but the episode is actually really good. But what I had, what I had a problem with was the first five seasons, it was just, beautifully written great characters and then they got a little gimmicky right they they, they pushed the limit with these like catchphrases um so listen I, you know you're nitpicking greatness right yeah, but, exactly that's what, we do. That's, that's what this yeah. whole podcast is but it's like it's like sports radio right i mean it's come on yeah you got it you got you got to go deep yeah i mean you, sure. you mentioned i mean we we this is our first 20 episodes of this podcast we just went through every single season and then at the end we ranked every single episode so we, we you know it's top of our mind and we we dissected them at, at every which way and at some point like you said you're nitpicking um it's just it's a different show at the end it's not that for us certainly like the other one better but you can everyone that we've talked to so far agrees that it's almost like two different sh two different kind of shows, like the, the the approach they took, and then it's just a matter yeah. of what you like. Like we weren't fans of the the absurdity that became those later episodes, but some people like that absurdity. That's more funny to them, just seeing how outrageous it gets and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I I think it was easy for me to appreciate both. Um, I know exactly what you mean by that, and I mm -hmm. think it's definitely clear, sort of that line of demarcation, right? And I'm and I'm sure some of it you can kind of almost tell when Larry David wasn't involved right, anymore. I mean, right. that's a big part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you mean with the absurd stuff, but I think I just had such an, a love and appreciation for the, the characters and their personalities at that point that 
that stuff didn't didn't bother me as much. Like I guess I was still I was still able to get the enjoyment and the entertainment out of it, of recognizing that some of this stuff is you know just obviously beyond outlandish and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, maybe it's just because there was there was nothing else that was really quite like it, and it was just sort of it's like oh I, I love this show so much I'm not gonna. I'm not going to, you know, be down on it now because I just, I can't get enough kind of thing. Um, but I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean by that. Stilo, speaking of Larry David, uh, he was a big Jets fan. Did you ever interact with him over at Forum Park? No. In fact, I don't think he was ever there on any of the days that I was, maybe in the years that I was there, or at least if he was, I wasn't aware of it. Um, and really, I, the only time we, we would have been aware of that was during, during training camp because – Really, during the regular season, the amount of practice that the, the media and the, the, the people on the beat that cover the team are allowed to watch is very minimal. Mm. You know, on a normal practice week, like if you're there on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in a normal week, you go out there, guys are they're stretching, they're, they're doing some agility work, and you're, you see maybe a special teams period, and then they kick you out of there because they don't, obviously they don't want to give away their game plan or anything like that. So even if he was – a special guest of Woody Johnson or something on, let's say, a Thursday or a Friday. I probably wouldn't have even seen him. So at training camp, when the practices are open, whether it's to the media or to the fans or both, you see a little bit more of that because you're out there for two hours or so, and you have more time to look around and say, oh, is that so-and-so? And there were definitely some – I couldn't even give you a list, but there were some people – like I know the, the Game of Thrones writer or creator was a big Jet fan. He was there one day. You know, they'd have just random sporadic people that would kind of pop in here and there, but I never, never got to rub elbows with the great. Did you, <laughs> did you ever talk Seinfeld with any players? Ever come up in conversation? It probably did at some point. I don't think there's any specific conversations that uh, that come to mind. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of standing around during those, those <laughs> open locker rooms. There, there really is. I mean, we'd be in there for 45 minutes to an hour. And, you know, you might be waiting on a specific guy who's probably just being a pain in the ass and he's taking his time in the shower because he wants to keep us all waiting. So, yeah, you might, you know, you might hang out at one guy's locker and kind of yuck it up a little bit about – could be could be anything. could be something – anything in pop culture, music, you know, another team, another game, another sport. A lot of guys like to talk about other sports and teams they're into. So probably at some point, but nothing specific that comes to mind. Well, it, uh, it's funny. I just recently heard that Larry David called uh, McCagnan a couple of years ago before the draft and, and told him to draft Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think I actually – I think I heard him tell that story. He did an in-studio with the Michael K. show. Maybe oh, about I, didn't, a, I didn't know you could mention his name. So I, I, that's I, can, I, I can mention it. I mean, <laughs> I probably wouldn't mention it on the, on the airwaves on the fan. I can, I can say it here. It's all good. Um, I think it was, yeah, maybe about a year or so ago. And I, and I remember why. It was, it was good. It was great, very compelling, however long he was in there with them. He was very natural and into it and gave some great answers and some insight. I th if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think that's where that story was told. If not, maybe I'm giving the Michael K. Show credit. I shouldn't be giving them. But <laughs> no, you're right. You're that's, right. That's, that's okay. Right. I, I, I know Don LaGreca a little bit. He's a real good guy. I've never met Michael K. I know people say he's a good guy as well. But um, it's one of those things where, I mean, yeah, the stations compete. But, you know, I don't wish ill will on anyone or anything like that. I don't know why we were on the Jets. Maybe think is Gary V. You ever meet him on when the when he's ever never met there? Gary no. V. No, I mean anytime he's been a guest uh, on the shows, I think he's usually on the phone. Maybe he might have been in in studio once or twice, but um, no, I never. I guess never happened to be. I know he was on. He's been on the midday show a bunch of times. Um, I think I 
since Maggie Gray has been working at the fan, I think he's been on oh. a handful of times with whoever, you know, you may have been working with at the time, whether it was Moose now or Bart and Carlin or whatnot. So I've right. heard him, but I've never actually met him. So, so speaking of the fan, the great Al Dukes was a, was a guest of ours on his podcast yes. as well. Um, if you're familiar with that, he claims he's, uh, you know, the biggest Seinfeld fan at the fan. But, you know, and he promised that he would elevate this podcast to over 100 followers. <laughs> can you, CeeLo, can you guarantee you'll do that through your following? I mean, I can try. I don't know if I can guarantee the number because Al, I mean, I have a pretty decent number of followers, but Al dwarfs me. So if he wasn't able to get it done, um, I, it would probably take a, a larger effort on my part, which I could, I could certainly make. But I obviously can't force people to to hit the follow button. But I can certainly I can certainly try, and I will back Al up. He is a massive. I mean, I I feel like he and I are are probably in the same category. And there's probably some other folks, guys that work behind the scenes. But Al is one guy that on the air, and I've done it a couple of times, whether it's on the morning show or if I fill in and we do Al and I do the warm up together from five to six, where I'll drop subtle Seinfeld references in just to see if he's paying attention. Nice. And, and, and he does. He's pretty good about catching them and we have a laugh. Nice. So um, he's, he's that, good that, like that. And that's what, that's what Seinfeld's all about. And Al's a great sport. We're just kidding. And he referenced all this on the, on the morning show as well. But yeah. like, that's the beauty of the show is dropping those lines and seeing if people pick up on it. And then it's like the ultimate respect, right? Like, wow, you know, you're not Penske material, right? Like, <laughs> only, a, only a Seinfeld fan would get that, right? Right, right. I, yeah. that, that one to me is actually more of an obvious one, but maybe that's yeah, yeah. just me right, speaking right. that way because I'm, you know, like if you were a casual fan of the show, you might not have known that one as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it is amazing. I give the listeners credit for this, not just with Seinfeld, but every now and then they'll even pick up on a like a movie reference that I might have dropped in without even consciously saying let me put this out there and see if anyone picks it up which is kind of part of my vocabulary my vernacular and then I'll, someone will tweet me and be like oh nice caddyshack reference or whatever and you're gonna get that with seinfeld sometimes too and i'm like oh yeah that's right i did say that and that's exactly where i got it from <laughs> speaking of the line did you have like buddies like growing up because we touched on i mean you're you're the first guest that's a few years younger than us and we started watching it when we were like 12 when it, when it yeah ended, right so we were you know, not everyone was talking about it. We were obviously talking about it. We go over it all the time. We were talking about it when we were that young. But did you have buddies? Were all your friends into it? Or are they more like friends or whatever else was on at the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, did you, even in college, I don't know, Quinnipiac, was there anyone that, like, because it's kind of local, was that like... Uh, <laughs> nice job. Nice <laughs> job. That, like, you know, homework. Yeah, yeah. That, like, I don't know. I'm just... Because a lot of times we find, like, Seinfeld fans who are, like, uh, what's the word like like um, lone wolves like they don't have that's why it's so great when you find someone who's dropped those lines like you said before did you all your buddies like that or not so much I mean you know like uh, I, I had I had a bunch of them that for sure were sure were were into it that maybe we weren't comparing notes and quoting like while the show was still <laughs> active just because like I said I but well, PIX reruns to think, no, no. Well, that's, oh, yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. After, yeah, yeah. after the series ended, once, when the reruns, yeah, for sure. Because I'm trying to think now, last season was what, 98? Was that yep. what it aired? Yeah. Or yeah, 97, exactly. 98? Was it 97, it was 97, 98, right? Yes. Or was it 98, 97, 98? So I was uh, 
yeah, 11 going on 12, right? So it was, it well, wasn't talking, that, I'm just talking general, like even when the reruns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, you guys sure, all but that's it. what I mean. It was more later on, yeah. Right. Reruns, um, definitely in college. It's funny you bring up you bring up college in Quinnipiac because we actually, I, I'm trying to remember now if it was a, must have been junior or senior year when we were further on into like, you know, the classes you take for your major, the more specific stuff. So I was mm-hmm. in broadcast journalism. And it was either a TV production or a media studies class where one of the assignments was we had to recreate a couple of scenes from a movie or a show. So some friends of mine in the class, two guys and a, and a gal that uh, we, got, we got grouped together. I forget how we even decided this is what we were going to do, but we did three or four scenes from the marine biologist, which is another oh, one of my oh, favorite. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, have the, I have the tape somewhere. And it's not like a, you know, VHS or DVD that I could just pop in. It's like one of these little cassettes that went into a video camera. And I have to, I'm going to have to go and get that, like put on a disc some, someday or like a, you know, a media flash drive or something so that I can preserve. I haven't watched it in probably 10 years, but we did. That's awesome. I, I remember, I remember vividly two of the scenes we did. They were both, you know, based in the in the in the diner there, in the at the restaurant. Um, and who were you? On the name of the, I was George. Ah. And so the first scene that I did with one of my he was angry was, that day, my friends. Right. Well, the first scene was he was Jerry, and he was delivering the news to me that hey, I ran into Diane DeCon, and I made a you know, I he's the it girl, marine, marine biologist. Right. <laughs> so we did that scene, the two of us. And then the group of four did the the final scene where they're sitting down at the golf ball and all that. So yeah, hole in one. So oh, that classic. So there's college. Right? There's right. There's a great example of it where all four of us were were up on it and we were able to pull that off and submit that for an actual assignment in class. And we had a great time doing it. Obviously, that's, that's an classic, excellent, man. That's excellent show. Yeah, that's a great story. I'm glad you chose that one. Yeah, that's a great one to choose oh, that's, too. That's one that like without even looking. I know I said I probably couldn't rank them. I, like I might just be able to pick 10 that would be a, Hey, if I can only pick 10 to watch for the rest of my life, I might not be able to rank them in order, but that one would definitely be in my 10 easily. Yeah. I don't even have to think about it. So yeah, give us, give us five. That hits we'll six five. for us. Oh, wow. Oh my God. You can put me, see, it's funny. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should like go and take some notes just to make it. <laughs> um, here's another one that I just, just it's actually a, a back to back. Uh, and see, the other thing is, I don't always, the way I remember them or name them isn't always. Right. No, we found that too. Going it. through every episode, we found that right. it was so weird. We're like, if that was the name of this one? Like, that's not. Yeah. You know, it's so this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go The back, just the back to back sequence, because I recently, though, things will happen in my everyday life. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to go back and watch that episode now. So I'll go find it. So the, the back to back combo of Kramer burning down Susan's father's cabin. Yep. Into the Cheever letters because yes. one of my favorite. Now again, this is the one where it's, it's it, the scene itself is what, and I and I've done I do this with Al all the time, on the air and off the air, and another buddy of mine. I love when they they go over to the house, and the doorman brings up the box with the Cheever letters, and it basically revealed in front of the entire family that Susan's father had this, you know. Homosexual yep. relationship with this other guy, and then the two of them—the <laughs> awkward, awkwardness of leaving—and you know, 
we really should be pointing yeah. to his watch time. Yeah. And I, and I, I can't, if, if I had a dime for every time I've said onward and upward in my life, that scene, I mean, that's just, it's just, it's just so classic. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So no, no those other two are up call. there. Good call. No other show has that. No, yeah. nothing. Dude, the Marine season four when you're talking about is unbelievable. The, the yeah. Bubble Boy Cheever letters, uh, even to right. the opera. Right, the right. it wasn't the, the cabin. Exactly. Well, of course, how could I forget? The, right, it's the Bubble Boy. That's it's the, the Bubble main, Boy, yeah. The and main then part, letters, right. Yeah. And then he, and then he, at the end, burns right, burns down the cabin, and then the Cheever letters. The, the yeah. very same cigars that he gave him were the ones that burned. You didn't see the irony in that. I don't know. Why right. As Jerry's trying to yeah. lay that out for Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love a lot of this, you know, the stuff when he was working with the Yankees with, with, with the Larry David Steinbrenner. I mean, I just, as a Yankee fan, I get a kick out of that. Um, you know, we've, God, we've, there's so many of them. You know, now, now we're talking. See, I, I feel like you're, you're leaning more towards, you know. Yeah, you, you didn't like that I brought up the later. See, I'm telling you, dude, I said, so here's an office space quote for you. I celebrate yeah. the whole collection. The whole, the whole collection, or whatever. Yeah. Not the, the collection or. Yeah, yeah, I forget what he said, yeah. but something like that. Yeah, yeah. But the Yankee, but, well, it's funny. Like on this podcast, we reference kind of you know the expression uh, like pink hat fans. It's you know the Yankee fans in the late nineties. The people that caught it. Oh, it's fashionable to wear the Yankee. Yeah, the different color Yankee hat. I know what you're saying. I yeah, yeah. And I bet you. I, well, hold on. I'm betting this. You're probably like a Paul O'Neill guy. Like you know, love Paul O'Neill. Yeah. Versus okay. you know. People just loving Jeter is my point. You know, like I will full disclosure the, now. I will say this: I was a big Jeter guy because when he broke onto the scene in '96, I was ten. Yeah, right. Was, that's I, exactly. I'll tell you this: He's your Mattingly. Mattingly's our guy. Jeter's your exactly. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Now here's the key, and here's why you know I'm legit. Okay, <laughs> I was I was born in Queens. My, most of my family's from Queens or the Bronx. My mom was born in the Bronx. Right. So we're original New Yorkers, but when I was four, we moved to Northern Virginia. My dad got transferred for work. So we actually lived like outside DC, like a DC suburb in Northern Virginia. Obviously there was no nationals at the time. So it was Orioles, Red, excuse me, Orioles, Washington football team country. And we were, you know, New Yorkers that stuck out like a sore thumb. So the Yankees with Jeter, rookie year, 96, you know, we, there was no yes network. So we would just watch, watch them basically whenever they play the Orioles, we'd watch them locally. Mm. But I was 10. I was playing Little League Baseball. That was my – I mean, I, I loved baseball. It's not to say I didn't become a Yankee fan until I was 10. But Jeter being a rookie, me being at that impressional – I remember we had yeah. a 10-year-old ten All-Stars. I went out and had my parents buy me the same Nike cleats that Jeter was wearing that season as a rookie. Right, and then he hits the home run with you know Tony Tarasco in the ALCS. And you, were in, you were in that country there. You were in you were in Baltimore right. country for that. Exactly. So was exactly. I, by the way. But that's a whole other story. But that's crazy. Yeah. Man. So yeah, I mean, yes, Jeter Jeter was my guy because at that age, of course, I, I yeah. Why would I was an yeah. infielder? But I love. I mean, I love them all. That whole that whole era, that dynasty. I mean, God. I mean, I'll I'll love Scott Brocious till the day I die. And I, yeah, <laughs> So and there's, See, we, there's a long. We list. became Yankee fans because Danny Tartable was on Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another. Yeah. I mean, it's Danny. Right I mean, all, the, all, the, all the Yankee, all the Yankee things they weaved yeah. in was great. Oh, dude, I, I said it to um, was a trainer or Al Dukes? I forgot. When he said, "Jay, how can you trade Jay Buhner?" I remember watching yeah. it live as a kid, and just my mind was blown that this was on television. Because this was my life. All I heard, growing, my grandfather, why they trade Jay Buter? I mean, that could my grandfather yelling at us. I was just like, did they just say why they trade Jay Buter on a TV show? I just couldn't believe oh, it. Man. It like blew my mind. 
I was like, holy cow. Yeah, that was And you just touched, I mean, you just touched on a, I mean, Frank Costanza is just, I mean, what can you say? I I love watching the outtakes of um, the scene where, you know, with him and Elaine, you know, you you want a piece of me? And just the (laughs) the outtakes of her, like, not being able to hold a straight face because it was like, this old man, you know, what what are we doing here? He's, He's coming after me, so. Um, he's got some classic stuff. Yeah, Festivus. We, I, I, I love Festivus. I mean, you guys, I don't know where you guys stand. It might be a little too cliche for you, but I love that. Whole O'Hara, Kruger, Kruger, like, Kruger yeah, is great. Episode. I love Kruger. He's one of my. He's one of my Kruger favorite. is great. My dad, my dad loves Kruger. We always, all the time. I'm not too worried about it. We we use that line <laughs> constantly. <laughs> so that's that's another. It's just the more you talk about it, the characters pop in my head, and I'm oh that guy, that guy. It's a long list. I can I go mean, on all night. Franco Snell, like, uh, in like my opinion, like carried the show. Not a carried show, but in those later years, like they were such a presence. It was, I know, it was incredible. I know. May May, Jer- May Jerry still rest in peace, right? Yeah. But amen, um, amen. You got to score that game. Yeah, we got uh, seven nothing Seahawks. I out of the corner of my eye I saw Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf on, I believe, their first drive. So, and they got yeah, the ball update, back like, again. So there you go. Seattle in the This uh, is a live neon, sports update. In the neon, that's right. In the neon green here on Thursday night, the Cardinals in all black with uh, NFC West bragging rights up for grabs here. That's a big game. That's a big game. It so is a big up. game. B- before we let you go, so we'll just a little more on the Jets. Who was your favorite uh, kind of guy you covered? Like player? Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Brandon Marshall, and I don't even have to think twice about it. Yeah. He seems like a guy Marshall. that would be good with, the, with, with, with you guys, like the well, reporters. He seemed like he what was, what was great about him, it was twofold, right? I mean, when the mics were on and the cameras were on, you always knew he was going to have something interesting to say, right? Because he was – and you know, it's no surprise, right? He, he works in the media now. He's a guy that he's into that, right? Very intelligent. Um, very passionate, very emotional, very thoughtful. Um, so, I mean, I know he had some ups and downs pretty much anywhere he went, but, um, and I'm sure rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but um, I don't know. I always looked forward to whatever day it was in the given week where he was going to talk because, you know, he would make it seem like it was a pain in the rear and it would take him a while. But once he got going, you couldn't stop him. And he'd talk for 15 or 20 minutes and, give these insightful answers and tell these stories that, you know, he didn't have to. So um, always enjoyed being up and close to personal with him. And he was, he was, he would also be playful with us, you know, kind of before, before we started the the formal part of it. Like for example, I'm only five foot seven. Right. And for radio purposes, I got to be in there tight. So I always would have to camp out and make sure I was like right up against the edge of his locker so I could get my mic, you know, right under his face. I couldn't, there's no way I could be doing this for 15 minutes. My arm would fall off, you know, and it would sound like crap on the air. So I prided myself in getting close. And he, after a couple of weeks, when he first got there, recognized it. So he'd always look for me to be in that spot. And then he would, he would, before he, he, he'd be dressing and putting his, his body lotion on. And before he would turn around to face the cameras, he'd look at me and kind of flare his nostrils like this. And go, my good. He go, my good. And he was basically asking me to check and make sure he didn't have any boogers hanging out of his nose because he didn't want that to be seen on TV. So he was, he was fun. He was playful that way. And then he was also very good for our purposes of what we needed in a, any given week. So that was, that was definitely my favorite guy. You know, it's funny. You just mentioned body lotion, and I drift right back to Seinfeld because George getting 
pulled aside at the airport and he mentioned <laughs> that he had lotion. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> of uh, Uma, is, is, Uma Jerry lotion. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah and they got, and the, the, uh, Banya. They go, is that for oh, your wife? He's like, no. Dude. You just mentioned another one. Banya. That's a great oh episode. Both of those are great episodes. Just him and just him in general. That's my dad. Another one. My dad. Uh, we do we do his lines all the time. Yeah, Gold. all the time. Gold. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm huge. I mean, I am huge. And <laughs> the 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 Mendy's, you know, the the meal and the soup and the salmon. I mean, it's just it's priceless stuff. You can't make it up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this has been great, man. We had a half hour. I don't know if you got, this is usually when we cut these things because we don't want to take up too much time, but it's totally, you know, I mean, we can go, like you said, we can go on all night talking about this. You got anything on our? I mean, so no, if you man, guys have questions, long. I'll answer. We, uh, we appreciate it. And I, uh, what, can we look after you? Like what's, uh, what's next for you with the fan? We're going to get you a little, a little overnight. Uh, no, I see people ask me that. Oh, when you get in your own show, I don't, I've never really aspired to do that for whatever reason. I did it in college and I enjoyed it, but it was, a, you know, it was college radio. It was a once a week thing. I think for me, especially at the stage of life I am now with two young, two young boys who <laughs> take up a lot of time and energy, right. not to say other people don't. God, I mean, Malusis has, you know, three boys and they're, you know, they're all close in age. I mean, everyone deals with it, but I think it'd just be hard for me to be, um, really strongly opinionated on a day in day, day out basis, especially when you go through those kind of lulls in sports where there's not a whole lot going on. So I'm, I've always been more drawn to reality and the facts and stats and stuff like that. And I get that that's maybe not what sells in this day and age, but I think that's why I was drawn towards doing the updates. And now obviously we can add our own little twist to it and have, you know, let your personality out, especially with the morning show. But um kind of just having an opinion because I have to have one or to try and manufacture stuff. It's no disrespect to the people that do it. I just don't think I'd be very good at it. So that's why I, I like doing what I'm doing. Now, the flip side of that is it kind of limits my opportunities. So I've enjoyed kind of carving out a fill-in role with the morning guys to the point where, you know, they're comfortable with me and vice versa. So um, what's next? I mean, I can't really get into it too much. I was, I'll say this. I was hoping to have a role on the new afternoon show with, uh, with Carton and Roberts and you know, that still could happen. I'm, I'm actually filling in tomorrow for, I don't know when you guys are posting this, but it'll be Friday um, where I may do some stuff with them. So we'll see. I'm kind of just in a wait and see, don't rule anything out mode at the moment. Um, I've been a fan, including my internship for 13 years now. Wow. which is crazy, crazy. When I stopped to think about it, I was 21 when I started there. I'm going to be 35 in two months. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. The business is changing. The station's changing. The company that owns us has changed and they have a different kind of vision compared to what has worked in the past. So I kind of just have to wait and see and keep taking the opportunities as they come and just make the most of them when they come. That's, That's awesome. Outlook, right? uh, I yeah. think, well, I think, listen, your personality and flexibility came through in his last half hour so people don't see that they're nuts but, thank you hey listen maybe big mike will uh set up another app and uh <laughs> you know that's it's funny i'm not i don't know if i'm taking you guys over your time allotment no, no we were here all we're night man. i was looking for that. you I, I just that's another that's another fence that i really have to kind of stay in the middle on because oh, yeah we did 
No, not even because. I mean, I'm a, I'm, because, I'm a huge Big Mike fan, so. Well, listen, and people ask me this, not even, you know, on the air, on a podcast, just in my private life. I get asked all the time, hey, what's Francesa really like? From a personal standpoint, there's not a bad word I can say about the guy. He was always very good to me when I was covering the Jets. He had me on a couple of times, which he certainly didn't have to do because it wasn't the kind of thing that he did regularly, you know, behind the scenes when uh, actually when I stopped doing the Jet gig again, because it was it was seasonal. It wasn't like a full time job and I needed something more. He actually he got in touch with dog and hooked me up and got me in it serious. I do part-time work over there. Yeah. So, you know, people like to get on mic and listen, I, I'll be the first to admit, I follow a lot of the accounts that have fun at his expense. I follow, <laughs> I follow, I follow fun house. I laugh at the stuff that's out there. Right. Right. But because to me, again, it, it's, it's, it's entertaining. And the only reason that it exists is because of his popularity. Right. So you just, it's the kind of thing that like, I don't feel guilty laughing at, but when I'm on the air, while I might laugh along, like I, I try not to be disrespectful um, of course, yeah. or, or, you know, laugh at his expense. And I, and honestly, I think Mike at, at this stage of his life has done enough and is successful enough where I don't think it really bothers him because I get the idea that it doesn't, but I don't know him personally. No, I mean, he can laugh. He can like laugh till the cows come. He can right. laugh all the way to the bank because he's, you know, he and his kids and his family are covered for life. So that's, you know, that's all that really matters. So yeah, in the later years, people had some fun at his expense, but content is king, right? And there's no such thing as bad publicity. I, I a big part of me thinks that community of people that got a kick out of him for those reasons was a big part of his listenership at the end. And you know what? If it led to ratings and advertising and success, it doesn't really matter as long as you're bringing, you know, ears to the sets or when he was on TV, eyeballs to the screens. I mean, that's all that matters. However you get it done, you know, it's a bottom it's line perfect. business. And for a lot of years, you know, he, he, uh, he hit it out of the park as far as, you know, delivering the results went. Yeah, that's great to hear that he paid it forward. So Yeah, I agree, too. I figured you – yeah, that's good to hear. Again, I can't speak for other people, uh, but I can just speak for myself from both on the air and off the air that um, he was always very good to me and looked out for me. And he didn't have to do that, especially if he was aware that, hey, this guy works in the morning and, you know, those guys like to get on my case. Um, You know, he very could have easily kind of roped me in with that crew and just said, I'm not doing this kid any favors. So I don't know, maybe he wasn't fully aware. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. You know, he's on to other things now. It's not like we you know, keep in touch or anything like that. Or I'm not going to see him around. But while he was there, nice. I personally can't, couldn't say anything bad about him. No, listen, uh, your, your relationship with Mike is like ours with Al Dukes, you know. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to take us to new levels. To, to, to connect it all back, we just got through the gamut of sports. And then now to bring it back to side, but we asked – we ask every, we ask all our guests this question. I think actually, I think about it, but we like to know, especially with your background. Uh, well, two things. Speaking of your background, you coached high school baseball for how many years? I mean, that's an awesome yeah. gig, man. Well, I um, that was I went just back a passion my... project kind of thing where you were just like, I want to do this and give back to the the old high school, or yeah. I, to be honest with you, without going too deep, into yeah, I just too, yeah, no, 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 without getting too you know deep or sentimental, it's a it's. Baseball was my thing, man. My parents have the the home videos from when I could stand. That was just, I don't know. It just something that just captured my attention and it just never left. So, I mean, that was my sport in high school. I mean, yeah, I played hockey. I played basketball growing up, but in high school I was all baseball and I badly wanted to play in college. 
but I also recognize like, Hey, I'm five foot seven. I'm, you know, I'm a decent high school player, but I'm not going anywhere in my life as a baseball player. So I went to Quinnipiac cause I knew I wanted to, to get into communications, but mm-hmm. it's a small school, but it was still a division one school. So they had scholarship athletes. I tried to walk on, it didn't work out. And it's just one of those, it's one of those wounds that if I'm being honest, probably never fully healed and something that I like, I never really was able to let go of. So going back to my high school and getting involved as a coach was like, I mean, it was great to be able to do it and help out the kids, but it was also therapeutic for me because mm-hmm. it put me back on the field. I mean, yeah, obviously I can play old man softball or <laughs> Sunday, Sunday old man baseball league, but it's not, it's not the same competition. So just getting around that, that competition again and, and being back in the program that I played in was incredibly rewarding for me. So yeah, I did it for like eight years. I, um, I volunteered with the freshman team. I coached JV myself. And then I, I spent like, I don't know, six or seven seasons as a varsity assistant where I was kind of a volunteer just because with my, my radio work, I wasn't able to go all the time. But um, yeah, I was so into it. Love going to practice every day. I would go and do advanced scouting of our opponents and write up scouting reports, like stuff that probably didn't need to be done. But um, I was into it and I was passionate about it. And, you know, the, the feedback from the other coaches and the kids seemed to be positive. So just went with it as long as I could. And the only reason I stopped doing it really was the varsity job at my old high school actually opened up and I was a finalist. It was down to me and one other guy who's actually a good friend of mine who I've coached with. And uh, we both went in for final interviews with the principal and the athletic director and you know, he must have hit it out of the park and I uh, didn't do so great. So he was very gracious and offered me a, a spot on his staff. But where I was in my radio career and just needing to, you know, make money to help support my family, like I just couldn't, I couldn't give the time anymore. So I, all things equal, I'd love to still be doing it. And I'd love to be out there because it's, it's just something that I've always enjoyed and it's rewarding. But um I don't know, maybe down the road somewhere, get back involved with it. But uh, it, was, awesome. it was awesome while I was there. Yeah. That's really awesome. Last thing then, I guess, what is your, uh, what's your Seinfeld baseball? What's your, I know there's a ton of them. Any of uh, the ones that stick out to you from not even just baseball, maybe just sports in general, but there's so much there. With the the sports. Oh God. Yeah, um, yeah. Come on. There's a lot there, man. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> there there's so one. much. It doesn't have to be your favorite. I'm not putting it in a spot. It's just uh, like we, we go back and forth with a, you know, a bunch of them. I know. I don't want to leave anything out. You know, Paul O'Neill with the two home runs. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. I like what the, the Baltimore game when uh, they get thrown out. Kramer's yelling at Charlie Hayes. So that's <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And that one. And then there was also the one where they got Elaine got kicked out. She was wearing the Oriole hat, right? Yeah. The, she got, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Or yeah, that's the same one, right? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Being a big baseball guy. I don't know. I, I actually, there's other ones, other sports that are popping into my head. Like um, Kramer as the ball boy at the U S open. That's a, good one. that's a good one. And now was that the same? Was that the same? At, no, I guess it couldn't have been. The one where with the – no, no, it wasn't the same episode. But wherever the episode where they tell the story about Keith Hernandez and, you know, the spitter. And oh, yeah. With, that's with the Newman. And, one and two. The, yeah. yeah. The Keith Hernandez yeah. episode. That's like right. – So that's, that's like loosely, loosely based on sports. But Jerry's reenactment in line with the, the JFK stuff, I love that. That's – I love when he, he runs through the whole thing. You know, that's one magic Louis. Like that one – 
that one always gets me, which is kind of loosely connected to sports because of the Keith Hernandez. And they went to the the story was they went to the Met game, right? Yeah, and I, and I saw like him on the way up. up. Every time that game gets mentioned, I love to bring this up. I just pulled it up again in my notes. So that the game they mentioned that they went to was June 14, 1987. So I went into baseball reference. And I looked up June 14, 1987. And the game was on the road. The Mets put in the road that day. <laughs> and, and Keith Hernandez went two for four. He had two RBIs, two runs scored, and a home run. And McDowell didn't pitch. So just so you yeah. know. Number their day that's, was off. That's just it, that's it, the it. creation. The creation of baseball reference backfired for the science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't Too have much research. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sila, uh, man, we this really was great, appreciate man. the time. This I know so, so had, much fun. Had a big day. Big day tomorrow with uh, is it with Carton and Evan or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly. It's one of those things where it's funny. Here it is the night before, and I, you don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm filling in. I'm going to be in the building. I also have to do some stuff for WCBS 880 and for CBS Sports Radio on the network side. But I'm going to be in the building, so they may or may not want to pull me in at some point. I mean, Craig's very unpredictable, and I mean that in in a complimentary way. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen him in three and a half years. He knows I'm coming in. He said, "Hey, maybe we'll have you do something." there's always the off chance that I, you know, sit there, they're on for five hours and, I, and my voice is never heard on the show. So you never know. Well, listen, the, very, the, very, the, very, very much like Seinfeld. You never quite know what to expect. And the good news is I believe Carter and Evan are big Seinfeld fans. So, you know, maybe you bring this up. Why not? <laughs> if, if there's any way for me to work it in, I certainly will. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. This was All awesome. Right, man. Thank you, you so much. Good luck, man. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me guys. All right, man. Thank you. Cheers.